Welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave. This week we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County. The historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States. Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Pioneer League's professional baseball team in Colorado Springs. And Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park, Colorado. Well, finally, finally, the big, beautiful sun is out. And as we predicted, we've been talking about all along, we went from spring to straight into summer. And personally, I am loving it. Why? Because it's baseball weather. Yeah, baseball weather is finally here, at least for now anyway. So I hope you got to enjoy last weekend because I know it was Pops Day. I know I had a great time just kind of hanging out in that beautiful weather on Sunday. But before we get too far into it, I just want to say on behalf of all of us here in the Bear Cave, we want to thank you for your comments and all your well wishes this past week on our 100th episode. And uh, surprisingly, we had little hate mail. So, yeah, we appreciate that. But seriously, we want to thank you for helping us to grow this show and for listening each and every week into uh, my ramblings as it goes on. But uh, kind of makes all the hard work worth it. Well, sort of. Got a good show lined up for you again this week. Kim Lodig is coming on to the Bear Cave Hotline. It's been a while since we've talked with her, and I know that she is working very hard on some special projects that she's going to talk about. I don't know how much she's going to reveal to us today, but we're looking forward to that conversation. Next week, we have Mark Gregory, the owner of Maddie's Emporium in Cripple Creek, coming on to the Bear Cave Hotline. And uh, again, it's been a while since we've talked with Mark, so we're looking forward to that conversation. He's a really interesting guy and he always has something cool to say and add to the show. As we mentioned last week, we're going to be dark the very first week of July because it's going to be the 4th of July holiday which, uh, by the way, will be an awesome week to catch up on some of those Rocky Mountain Vibes games. They have some big events going on, and we're going to be talking to uh, Kay Goodell later on in the show about that. But we'll be back on the 11th of July with our title sponsor, Josh Dorsey. We're still working on our guest for the third week of July, but we are hoping that we can get Chris Medina from Funky Little Theater and the Butte Theater manager, Zach Staniel, to come on to the show, but we haven't confirmed that yet. So once we know, we'll let you know. The last week of July is the Mayor's Corner with Woodland Park Mayor Hillary Labar. So we'll be catching up to her and chat about the ongoings in Woodland Park. So that's pretty much the lineup for the next few weeks. And of course, it's always subject to change because things happen, right? That's my disclaimer for you right there. Well, I guess by now, everyone has heard the news about Hunter Cracky Biden. Yep, he's been a frequent visitor to the bear pile on our show, but he dodged yet another bullet aimed at him and the less than legal antics that he's been involved with as of late. But this time, after a five-year investigation, five years into his alleged criminal behavior, an alleged plea agreement in federal court for tax evasion, and participation in a pre-trial program for the firearm offense. Uh, Anybody know what the participation in a pre-trial program actually is? Because I sure don't. All this after a multi-year investigation into tax matters, which was a case with implications for Sniffy Joe's re-election campaign and his dealings with congressional Republicans. But U.S. Attorney David Weiss filed a letter in federal court Tuesday citing the charges and plea agreement. In one case, Cracky is going to plead allegedly guilty to the tax charges, which allege willful failure to pay any kind of federal income tax. And in the other case, he agreed to enter a pretrial diversion agreement for the gun offense. Pretrial diversion agreement. Is that supposed to change your mind about something? Isn't that what diversion therapy and all that kind of stuff is? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, he agreed to enter a pretrial diversion agreement for the gun offense in which he acknowledged unlawful possession of a Colt Cobra 38 Special Revolver despite being addicted to drugs. So basically, he lied about it. So the bottom line here is that the DOJ will recommend probation for the tax charges and the diversion program could eventually lead to a dismissal on the gun charge. 
dismissal. Now, if it was you or I that got busted by the uh, feds for tax evasion and lying about purchasing a gun, we would be, oh, I don't know, guests at the Gray Bar Hotel right now, guaranteed. Are you kidding me right now? How does a crack-smoking, deadbeat dad, remember, he has a child with a stripper that he denied until the DNA test proved otherwise, who didn't pay taxes for two years and somehow bought a gun by lying about it, he got over with a mere, not even a slap on the wrist. And somehow this resolves a five-year investigation and hundreds and thousands of dollars in money, most likely paid for by us, the U.S. taxpayer. So whatever happened to the whole laptop probe, remember that? Well, Cracky filed a claim in federal court alleging his privacy was violated and that the computer repairman by the name of John Paul Mac Isaac, that's kind of ironic, allegedly he took part in a conspiracy and helped others invade his privacy. That filing was in response to a $1.5 million lawsuit for allegedly defamation that the repairman filed against Cracky CNN, Politico, and our pal, Representative Adam Crazy Eyes Schiff. Yep, good old Adam. He just can't seem to stay away from stuff, can he? And uh, right now, the House Republicans, they are losing their minds. And they are led by Representative James Comer of Kentucky. They believe that cracky peddled influence on the Sniffy administration through lucrative business deals and sales of art, all kinds of stuff. And that Sniffy and his family members received millions of dollars from business associates through wire transfers from a Chinese company. So the question now is, where does this leave the House Oversight Committee, which allegedly uncovered a pattern of corruption, influence peddling, and possible bribery, according to Comer? And Comer said this, The sweetheart plea deal will have no impact on the Oversight Committee's investigations. We will not rest until the full extent of President Biden's involvement in the family schemes are revealed. End quote. I mean, my God, these days, neither side of the aisle seems to give one F, and you can fill in the blanks on that one, about the obvious corruption that exists. And in Cracky's case, they aren't even trying to hide it. You know, they essentially gave Cracky a traffic ticket. Now, someone tell me that this system isn't broken. I'll wait. In fact, in a recent U.S. poll, 61% of Americans believe that there is still some kind of corruption going on in the government. Really? Well, that means that 39% are Democrats. Gee, shocking, right? Well, at this point, who knows what the political fallout's going to be on this one. It's not like the Donald doesn't have his own issues going on right now as well. And some of those issues we talked about last week, uh, I don't really want to go rehash that whole nut roll. But U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon has set an initial trial date of August 14th in Florida on the Donald's federal charges. Yeah, good luck with that one. He's going to drag that thing out to the bitter end, but we'll see what happens. So as if that's not crazy enough, here's one more you can put into the just plain stupid category. The American Medical Association is now in the cancel business. Yep, that's right. Get this. The AMA came out and said that they are canceling the body mass index because it is racist. What? (laughs) Oh my God. So now we're saying that because of the historical harm of the body mass index, the use of BMI for racist exclusion. Racist exclusion using the body mass index? How the hell does that work? Well, some genius at the AMA said that the BMI cutoffs are based primarily on data collected from previous generations of non-Hispanic white population and doesn't consider a person's gender or ethnicity. Gender? Ethnicity on a body mass index? Okay, whatever. So the AMA is telling doctors to not use the body mass index. Now the AMA is bowing down to the body positivity groups. Yep, they're out there. They actually exist. (laughs) I mean, how long has the BMI been used? The BMI is a baseline for doctors to look at other possible health-related issues, right? It's been used for decades, and now the AMA has suddenly become political. What the hell? I mean, is there anything in the world that's not racist or homophobic or transphobic or any other kind of phobic out there? When did we decide to change the English language and to make it more soft and palatable to the people who are offended by being offended? Or we make up genders, but those are the same people who come back and tell you that you have to follow the science. Well, apparently the AMA now does not follow the science, but would rather go with the woke sheeple. 
I say bring back Dr. Frankenstein. Where's Dr. Frankenstein when you need him? Yeah, maybe he can recreate the human race. You know, one that's courageous, one that is smart and has uh, a lot of independent thinkers. One that doesn't have pronouns or butchers the English language with nonsensical diatribe. One that believes it can't erase history because it's already history. One that believes that XX chromosomes are female and XY chromosomes are male. Here's some more science for you. One that believes a small percentage of humans that have divergent sexual development as results of allosomes that are either XX or XY because two embryos have fused. Yeah, that's what happens. That's science. That's it, people. That's all there is, no matter what confused people with mental disorders tell you. So I say bring those people back because that is exactly what we are going to do in the bear cave because coming up in our next segment, we'll be talking to a really smart person and that's our friend Kim Loddick. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. And my guest this week is no stranger to the Bear Cave, and she is calling in via the Bear Cave hotline. Please welcome Kim Lodig. Kim, how you been? Hey, Dennis. I've been really well. How have you been? Pretty good. It's like uh, we seem to run into each other every now and then, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been a hot minute since you've been in the Bear Cave. Yeah, it has. There's been a, a lot of wild stuff going on, Dennis. Good stuff. And that's usually when we run into each other is during some of that good stuff. <laughs> I know. So it's been yeah. good yeah, we have to emphasize good stuff. It hasn't been a whole lot of weirdness, but uh, anyway, uh, I understand that you have a guest with you today. Yeah, I have the new Victor Main Street manager, John Zaleski. Yeah, I'm in John's office. He's got me on the bear cave today. Oh, hey, John, how are you? I'm good, Dennis. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you as well. And uh looks like uh, we'll be talking to you maybe uh, every other month or so or when things arise in Victor. So you're our guy up in Victor now. Look forward to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, getting back to Kim for just a second. Kim, what have you got going on? I know you've been involved in some really interesting projects lately. Yeah, thanks, Dennis. Um, yeah, I, I transitioned away from the city of Victor and Victor Main Street in February and when John took over. And I went to work for a nonprofit, the Gold Camp District Impact Group. Actually, I went to, to work for the founder of this nonprofit, Jeff Helner. And people may know him from the Gold Camp Cafe in Cripple Creek. He's, he owns that. And we're building a nonprofit called the Gold Camp District Impact Group. Wow, that sounds pretty exciting. What, what have you guys got going on? We have a lot going on right now, just starting the nonprofit, getting a new board up to speed and uh, working with other organizations in Cripple Creek and Victor, as the name would imply, the Gold Camp District Impact Group. It's to make a positive impact on our entire area. And our first project is WILD. Uh, we're working with a internationally renowned artist and recycle activist, Thomas Danbo from Denmark. 
to have a trollster built here in the gold camp. That is our kickoff project. I have seen his work. I haven't seen him personally, but I've seen a lot of pictures of his work kind of all over the country. You know, I have no idea how he builds all these kinds of things. And, you know, I'm not much of an artist, but I noticed that when he uh, puts these trolls like in the woods or on trails, he always embraces the surrounding woods and tree lines and stuff like that. And it's just super interesting. And, and now you're telling me that one's being built up in Delaware County? Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. And the, the ethic behind these sculptures and what this team of artists is really into with a, a stewardship mentality and a, a symbiotic relationship with each other, These because these sculptures are built, the only way they can be built is with a lot of people helping. That's one of the things. They're huge. It can't be done alone. And yeah, they do. They all have something about them that inspires a reverence for nature. And I think that's cool. Let me ask you this. I mean, now he builds these things out of recycled materials, right? Yep. I noticed there were some posts out there you guys had, like uh, if you have old pallets and things like that. So you guys have been kind of on a, a wood drive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We call it a wood drive. <laughs> and it's been amazing, Dennis. People are really coming up, like showing up to help with this. Lots of people have leftover wood that they don't know what to do with. And I think to date we have 14 or 15 people. People who have loaded up some of that wood and hauled it themselves into Victor and, and stacked it up. No kidding. So it's all sitting in Victor right now? It is. Yep. Behind the Victor Mall Hotel, David Grant has given us a very, very generous offer of being our material storage spot. And it's perfect. So if people have wood that they want to donate, do they? how do they do that? They get in contact with you? Or? They can get in touch with me. Info at gcdig.org and we can go from there. Write that down, Cubs. And uh, hey, look, don't go tearing down your neighbor's old house either. Just, uh, you know, get... <laughs> pallets and things like that. I know there's some people probably up in Cripple Creek that want to do that. You know, there's a couple old houses kind of laying around, but no, that would be bad. Well, some of this wood has come from old houses, old cabins, barns, old structures. I think that's pretty cool that some of those old houses that have been a piece of our history are going to be part of this troll. That's kind of a major undertaking, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, Dennis. It's huge. And the reason that we decided it was appropriate to take on such a major undertaking as our kickoff project, I mean, I feel like it was a little bit uh, ballsy. Sometimes I think it's insane. <laughs> it's so crazy that it just might work. Hell yeah. We can be pretty optimistic that this structure will compel people to visit it. And therefore our, our two towns and the gold camp. Because these trolls are wildly popular, they have a cult following. The thing I like about them too, you know, besides the sustainability, and they, they all have a story and you know, it kind of gets back to, you know, where all this wood came from. Because there's a story probably in each plank of wood that's part of this troll. People who travel to see these trolls, they're adventurers. They resonate somehow with the idea of a reverence for nature. And just the construction of these things pull communities together to do something super fun and cool and monumental together. Is there a reveal date yet or is that uh, to be determined? Yeah, the reveal will happen August 4th and 5th. And the schedule thereof is being determined right now. So um, we'll have more information on that later. Well, how about you, John? What do you got going up there in Victor? I know there's a big weekend coming up, right? Well, we've got the uh, Vintage uh, Colorado Vintage Baseball Association is holding their 30th anniversary baseball tournament. Wow. In Victor, in the Dort Gold Bowl. They come up, they love playing in the Gold Bowl during Gold Rush days. And so they said, we got to have a event just by itself in Victor because we love the Gold Bowl. So they came up with this 30th anniversary event. And the American Legion Post 171 out of Cripple Creek is doing the food and beverage. And they've got teams, uh, they call them clubs coming from across the nation. Wow. Canton, Michigan, Topeka, Kansas, St. Louis, Missouri. So Arizona, all sorts of places. So pretty cool. They're doing like a fun match on Friday at 4 p.m. And then the tournament kicks off at 9.30 a.m. on Saturday and then again on Sunday. And they do like an elimination type thing. And if they do it like they do at Gold Rush Days, you get kind of, if you lose your first game, you're not totally eliminated. You get to play again and, and they narrow it down. And they're all about having fun. And they invite people to join their teams if they like and get in there. And, and play with them. They're not like, you know, your serious hardballers. They're into the history and fun of it. 
You know, it's pretty cool because uh, all of a sudden Victor has become this uh, baseball magnet. And, and I'm a huge baseball fan. If anybody knows me, they know they can find me down at the Rocky Mountain Vibes games or watching high school baseball or whatever. But uh, last year you had the Home Run Derby. That was a huge event. And then uh, I know the vintage baseball has always kind of been big, but to have a tournament, an all-weekend kind of thing where you get to see guys and they're, they're wearing vintage uniforms and everything else, that's kind of a, a baseball geek's heaven right there. Yeah, and I, and I think the goal is to turn this into an annual event and Victor. I know that the people that have been at the um, Gold Rush Days baseball tournament from the Colorado Vintage Baseball Association have been really looking forward to doing this and turning it into an annual event because they just love Victor. So Yeah, what's not to love? Yeah, it really fits them being such a historic town and they're very much into their history and that. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. If there's a vintage baseball game or any kind of baseball game that I can go and watch, I'm, I'm on it. So I'm going to try to get up there this weekend for sure. I'd be careful. They might recruit you to come play. Oh, God, that would be ugly. <laughs> maybe if it was a bowling league or something, I could you know maybe toss a couple down the gutter. But uh, no, I think it's going to be an awesome event. But uh, what else is going on there, John, that you've got coming up this month? Yeah, coming up uh, in July is our 2023 Gold Rush Days. And this year we're bringing back the Victor Talent Show on Thursday. Thursday night at 7 p.m. So while Gold Rush Days it starts actually officially on Friday, July 14th, running through Sunday the 16th, on Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the plaza, we're having the Victor Talent Show. And so looking forward to that. It's always amazing what talent comes out of the woodwork in Victor. And since it's been in hiatus for a little while, I don't know really who's going to show up, what we're going to see, but I'm always pleasantly surprised. It's always a hoot, as yeah. they say. So that'll be good times. And just typical gold rush days, but I would say the people working on it, have really been working hard to make this an awesome event. And one thing I wanted to remember to mention, uh, the Gold Rush Days Parade at noon on Sunday, July 16th. I want to invite everyone to participate and would love to have the longest procession of old and classic cars and trucks, especially pickup trucks, because that is like an icon in Victor. It would just be awesome to have an hour and a half of old trucks coming through town, but I'm exaggerating, but I, that's kind of one of our things we're thinking would be really fun to do. And um, that just kind of gives you an idea of how we just try to have a lot of fun for the weekend. The Tejon Street Corner Thieves will be playing on Saturday from 8 to 10 p.m. in the plaza. And we've got tons of live entertainment and uh, live musical entertainment starting Friday running all the way through Sunday. So it's going to be awesome just with the uh, musical entertainment alone, let alone all the children's bouncy house and baseball games and chainsaw carving and mining demonstrations and chuck wagon lunch, all that stuff. I mean, it's just on and on and on and on. This sounds like it's going to be right down the alley of the Above the Cloud Cruisers Car Club here in Woodland Park. So who knows? Maybe we can get up there and uh, have some fun in that parade. Ah, that'd be awesome. In Victor, we really embrace the rust, rustic patina. So, yeah. I have an 80s Suburban that fits that description perfectly. I may have to just drag that bad boy up there. (laughs) Well, that sounds to me like the Bear Cave Tour Wagon, right? Well, his name is the Bear because he's kind of brown and in between the rust and and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, that is the uh, Bear Cave Battle Wagon for sure. We might have to drag that guy up there. We'll see. Cool. You know, I took over in Kim's position, but she left me with gigantic shoes, which is really Mm -hmm. strange because she has really small feet. I don't know how. (laughs) I don't agree, John. Truth is, you guys, I left John with a ton of work to do, and they're hammering through it. I think we talked about the Windows to the Future project at one point when I was doing Main Street. Street has unveiled its first Windows to the Future, and it's beautiful. And there's all kinds of stuff. Work that I started, and John's finishing. 
Yeah, I'm just sliding home. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I know that you've got to run. You've got another meeting today, but uh, we're going to stay in touch with you now that uh, Kim has kind of turned those duties over to you. And Kim, we are definitely going to be checking in with you the closer we get to this reveal. I appreciate you both coming into the Bear Cave today. We promise we'll do a better job so we're not strangers in the future. And uh, just uh, wish you good luck on all your projects and hopefully talk to you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Dennis. Good talking with you. You as well. Okay, you guys have an excellent day. You too. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, that was our friend, Kim Loddick. We haven't talked to her in a while. Always good catching up with her. And our new friend, John Zaleski, coming into the Bear Cave today. Well, when we come back, it's story time with Michelle, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So stick around. Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family, so get your tickets today at thebuttetheater.com and come join in our fun. The Rocky Mountain Vibes are back all summer long. You're not going to want to miss their nightly promos with their Vibe Tribe Tuesdays, $1 hot dogs, winning Wednesdays, $2 tickets sponsored by Kilo X1039. Thank you Thursdays, where free military tickets go out to the military community, sponsored by Veterans United Home Loans Colorado Springs. Firework Fridays are back. Theme Saturdays, different themes every Saturday, and Sky Sox Sundays, Kids Club day plus post-game base running to all kiddos part of the kids club you're not going to want to miss the fun over at uc health park Bear Cave, and right now it is story time with Michelle on the Bear Cave Hotline. Hi, Michelle. Are you drying out up there in Cripple Creek? Finally. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to see the sun, at least for a few hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like we said it was going to be. It was like uh, winter, summer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're going to throw a sucker hole in there and call it spring for about I don't know, 48 hours. And then, uh, Cue the hail. Here it comes. I know. I know. I mean, my poor garden, it's like, oh, it looks like it's going to come out of it. But holy cow, it was just that last hailstorm was ridiculous. It was a beauty, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. An inch of white stuff on the ground. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Easy. <laughs> but I think we're out of it now. We're back into the summer mode and it's beautiful outside. And boy, I don't know. I've got uh, I've got summer fever going right now. I don't want to work. I just kind of want to go play, you know? Oh, man, I hear you there for sure. It's rough even showing up. <laughs> yeah. Then I woke up from that dream. It's like, oh, no, I got to go down and record now. OK, let's exactly. Go. <laughs> well, in the meantime, what have we got going on for story time this week? Well, so today that we're recording on is actually the summer solstice. And so I thought I'd do a little history and, and a little information on that. It's the first day of summer. You're right. It is. It is. So I figured, well, you know, that's appropriate. Why not? Let's learn about it. <laughs> yeah, why not? All right. Well, lay it on me. I'm ready. <laughs> so the Northern Hemisphere receives more daylight than any other day of the year on the summer solstice. This day marks the start of the astronomical summer and the tipping point at which days start to become shorter and nights longer, which is kind of depressing if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, there's always a downside, right? I know, right? <laughs> ah. uh, so in the Northern Hemisphere, it takes place between June 20th and 22nd, depending on the year. And this year, the
The solstice occurs on Wednesday, June 21st. The word solstice comes from the Latin word sol, meaning sun, and stetium, meaning still or stopped. That's kind of depressing, too. It's like the sun's going to stop. <laughs> I was almost going to say that's a spelling bee contest word right there. Right. It's Latin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I lose. Right. Me, too. I'm out. <laughs> so the ancients noticed as the summer progressed, the sun stopped moving northward in the sky, then began tracking southward again as summer turned to autumn. Neolithic humans may initially have started to observe the summer solstice as a marker to figure out when to plant and harvest crops. In ancient Egypt, the summer solstice corresponded with the rise of the Nile River, and its observant may have helped to predict annual flooding. I think that still happens, doesn't it? Annual flooding of the Nile? Uh, probably. It's kind of like annual flooding in the west right now with all the snow we had from the winter. There you go. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, melt away. <laughs> Mother Nature. Ah, that woman. So the orientation of some archaeological structures are thought to reflect ancient observations of the summer solstice. From the view of the Sphinx, the sun sets squarely between the Great Pyramids of Khufu and Khafre on Egypt's Giza Plateau on the summer solstice. Archaeologists have long debated the purpose and uses of Stonehenge, and the site is aligned with the direction of the sunrise on the summer solstice. Hmm. So somebody's been paying attention to this, you know, for a long time. Same thing if you've ever been to Chichen Itza down in Mexico. That's uh, some remarkable ways that they built those pyramids. Who knew? Right. Well, you know, it could have been aliens. Let's let's just throw that out there. Tom Cruise and the Scientologists, you know. <laughs> All right. I won't go there. <laughs> so according to pagan folklore, evil spirits would appear on the summer solstice. To ward off the evil spirits, people would wear protective garlands of herbs and flowers. One of the most powerful of these plants was known as, uh, it's called Chase Devil Hunt. Huh? Today it's called St. John's Wort because of its association with St. John's Day, which oh. is the summer solstice. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, the things you don't know, right? <laughs> exactly. So other summer solstice traditions hold that the ashes from a midsummer bonfire can protect one from misfortune or that the ashes, when spread across one's garden, hey, take note of this, will bring a bountiful harvest. All right. Hey, we need to get on that, right? <laughs> well, this is probably before they had happy frog fertilizer or stuff like that, <laughs> <Correct>. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just burn a couple of people and scatter them all over the cornfield. That'll work. Miracle grows a little bit more, I guess, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, back then, you got to kind of go with what you know, I guess. <laughs> so different cultures and religious traditions have different names for summer solstice. In Northern Europe, it's often referred to as midsummer. Wiccans and other neo-pagan groups call it Litha, while some Christian churches recognize the summer solstice as St. John's Day to commemorate the birth of John the Baptist. Humans may have observed the summer solstice as early as the Stone Age. Cultures around the world still celebrate the day with feasts, bonfires, picnics, and songs. I think I need to have a picnic. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> We don't even have to have any human sacrifices. Just go out, uh, get yourself a great bottle of wine. You're good. Yeah. And since this is the longest day, we have sunlight the longest today. So you can picnic and party a little bit later in, into the night. Yeah. And getting back to those bonfire things. No, no, no. Not in Teller County. Right. Exactly. Especially now the wind's kicked up too. <laughs> no. Yeah. Don't get any of those <laughs> ideas up there in uh, Victor and those other places you hang out. <laughs> exactly. So that's pretty Pretty much the summer solstice story. I mean, there's a lot of different celebrations. Every culture does. I was kind of looking at it and it's like they named like the Vikings had their own thing. The Mayans had their own thing. Chinese. I mean, every culture does something different, but which tells me that obviously it was a pretty important thing that everybody was recognizing it. So absolutely. If you're curious, look it up, Google it and look at the history.com and it'll tell you more. It's kind of like I said, it's kind of a happy bummer at the same time because now our days are going to be getting shorter again. Yeah, that's true. Wait a minute. We just got here. We just got out of winter. What is going on? I know. Uh, Mother nature. <laughs> but it is incredible. If you look at Stonehenge and you look at, uh, like we were talking about, the pyramids and Chichen Itza, the amount of knowledge that these people had, especially with astronomy and stuff like that, was uh, it was amazing. Oh, absolutely. Always looking at the stars, right? Yeah, way above my nose <laughs> level, that's for sure. But uh, speaking of which, it is kind of a celebration weekend. What else is going on up there in Cripple Creek? Oh my goodness. Let's see. Um, of course, like I said, every week everything is open and it's, it's full bore party on. We have a special art 
art show. It's Once Upon a Time in the West art show going on at the Heritage Center. It opens up Friday night with a, a celebration, a Native American blessing and a smudging, which is really kind of cool. And then it's all meet the artists. So we always look forward to that. That runs all the way through July 4th. So get up there and check that out. All local artists, all super talented. It's totally worth it. And it's a year 26, I think. Wow. That they've been having this? Yeah. Yeah, because last year we had John Zimmer come on and promote the show, but uh, Michelle is going to have her display up there. So you're going to be around and people can come by and see you and talk to you as well, right? Oh, for sure. Yep, absolutely. I just say that they allow me to be there because they like me. <laughs> <laughs> then you maybe run the place. Who knows? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> now, come on. I've seen your artwork. You are a talented lady and you won some contests last year too. So uh, yeah, go up there well, and hang thank out. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, we've got the Butte Theater going. And so, you know, definitely check out their shows that are going on. I have not had the opportunity to see anything yet, but I hear, you know, this new group is really talented and I'm excited to get in there and check that out too. Yeah, there was a review on the melodrama. I think it was in the Gazette, but it was a glowing review. So I can't wait to get up there and see the show. Yeah, fantastic. And now that it's going to be getting a little bit warmer, hit up to the mountains where it's a little bit cooler and just have fun. Check out our history and, and all the cool stuff we have. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff going on too as well and uh, some of those events that are happening up in Victor. But uh, yeah, great stuff and uh, yeah, I totally forgot about the whole solstice thing so thanks for bringing that to our attention. For sure, absolutely. That's what I do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you do, indeed. Alright, Michelle, well, I'll certainly pop by and see you this weekend because I think I'm going to sneak up there and try to catch some of those vintage baseball games in Victor. Yes, definitely, definitely. Like, oh, I was kind of out of touch as far as what's going on, Victor. But yeah, they're starting to ramp up too. They've got a lot of stuff coming up. Yes, they do. Okay, in the meantime, uh, don't stress too much. Your show's going to be awesome. And uh, I'll see you sometime this weekend. Sounds good. You guys, everybody stay safe and you know, just enjoy everything. We'll do it. Thanks, Michelle. Talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> bye. All right, bye-bye. That was my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, calling us from up yonder there in Cripple Creek. And up next, it's our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. Hey, Trevor, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, good. And I think uh, I'm a little bit cooler today because I'm back in the bear cave as we were sitting out there in the sweltering sun at the Vibes game yesterday. But uh, I got to say, it was a fun day. Yeah, it was. It was good. There's all sorts of kids out. Unfortunately, they lost. But <laughs> Yeah. But uh, anyway, what's the big news this week? Probably the biggest thing going on is we received notification that the Pueblo Chieftain's printing press that's operated by Gannett company incorporated they announced plans to shut the printing press in pueblo oh no normally people would say you know why do we care about pueblo but um actually newspapers all around southern colorado get printed at the press in the pueblo chieftain over the last several years the number of offset printing presses that do newsprint have greatly decreased so the Pueblo Chieftain was one of the only ones left. And there was an article in the Gazette on Monday about it. And there's one company it's going to affect, um, Colorado Community Media, that is in charge of 25 papers that are all printed in Pueblo, which include the Jeffco Transcript, the Littleton Independent, and the Arvada Press in the metro area. Oh, wow. So, and then um, in total, the Pueblo Presses print 46 weekly papers, 10 monthly publications, and big dailies, including USA Today and the Fort Collins, Colorado. Wow. The Rocky Ford Gazette and Trinidad Chronicle News. 46? Yeah. Well, that's 46 weekly. I heard the number total is closer to 90, but that includes 46 weekly, 10 monthly, and a whole bunch of dailies all across mainly Southern Colorado, but I guess it's going to affect 25 that are in the Denver metro area. Oh, man. I go, damn you, online news, because uh, I'm one of those people who actually likes to pick up a paper and read it instead of going online, you know, with the rest of the sheeple and just uh, getting indoctrinated by stuff. And frankly, authors that I don't really know much about, you know, it's like if I read an article that you write in one of the publications, I know it's going to be factual and good. But uh, man, that's kind of a drag. Does that affect? I guess that's going to affect our local newspapers here as well, right? The Pike Street Courier is printed by the Gazette in Denver, so it won't affect that. But the Mountain Jackpot newspapers does get printed by the Pueblo Chieftain. I'm not sure where the U Country News gets theirs printed from, but yeah. So basically mid-August and all these 90-some newspapers need to find someone else to print them. 
there's something in an article that said that at one point there is 80 presses in the state and now that number is down to like 20 and is also saying that, that some of these people are looking for out-of-state options that they might have to go to kansas or wyoming oh man to get their newspapers printed so it's gonna be a big deal i guess mid-august is when and, and this article already said that some of the newspapers have already chosen to shut down because of that and you mentioned the online newspaper and there's actually a part of this in the gazette is saying that most community newspapers it's not really an option for them to go 100 percent online because print ads is a good portion of their income and that's with the mountain jackpot as well they have an online presence and a print presence but there's so many websites now and so many different websites to advertise on it's really hard to monetize 100 percent online newspapers so most newspapers the small news is pretty much relies on their print ad for most of their revenue that's not good news i mean that's uh it's kind of an institution yeah. that's being shut down and uh, is it because of online media that they're shutting their doors no it didn't really say why they're closing but um the public chieftain themselves has had to downsize from like 30 some reporters and now they've got five in a sports report holy smokes i think a lot of it has to do with not being able to find the help and i haven't seen a clear reason as to why well that's kind of a drag i mean i i don't want to be a bummer but uh it, it really is it's a it's a shame yeah there's a good quote in the, this gazette article by carol wood who's a former news reporter and editor who's now the business innovation director for colorado news collaborative it basically says, for me, this is a core issue of democracy, because if we start to lose more hyper-local news organizations, then our communities and our citizens are not informed about the very basic workings of their government. I mean, that's kind of a valid point, because if there aren't local newspapers in small towns, you know, maybe not Woodland Park, but in other areas, like think about Lamar, La Junta, Rocky Ford, Trinidad. Then there's not going to be anybody reporting on what's happening at the local city council levels. Um, if there's corruption in council or the service office or, you know, whatever, it's going to be harder for people to find out. Yeah, because you don't want to get real live news from the bear cave because, uh, you know, <laughs> our, <laughs> our sarcasm probably won't sit well with real news, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's just a damn shame as far as I'm concerned. I'm hoping that maybe somebody with some deep pockets, can, you know, has a deep appreciation for newspapers can come in and maybe rescue it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I guess they're closing the press and putting the building for sale. So I, I guess somebody could come buy it as a whole, but buy the building and the printing press maybe and try to get it back going again but that'd be a while before that would happen should we start putting mason jars out and collecting some dollars uh, yeah. oh man yeah oh. maybe i mean the Colorado springs independent they've already suffered they closed they shut down a lot of their publications they were advertising that they're having like a benefit concert save the newspaper benefit concert so it's similar stuff is already happening to try to keep the print and newspaper business alive i would just hate to see it go you know obviously we rely so much on online news and content because we've just uh you know we're, we're glued to it we're actually a addicted to that kind of stuff. And uh, you and I were talking as well. It also affects the television industry. And uh, I can see major networks and movie companies starting to shut down because everything is going streaming these days. So yeah. times are changing for sure. The thing is, it's not going to be where you can still go online. Like if the Mountain Jackpot can't have a print issue and make money with print, then the online would go away too. I mean, that's the same as everywhere that is going to be affected. But basically online right now is just supplement what they do with the print so if their big money maker the print has to go away then there's not going to be even hyper local news online either because it's difficult to monetize and pay people to report on it and that sort of thing it's that domino effect uh, but yeah I, I completely understand what you're saying well well let's hope for the best because uh that's just right around the corner and if that uh, whole thing shuts down which it looks like it's going to it's going to affect a lot of publications and man i would i would really hate to see that happen i mean it's not as big of a deal here because we do have multiple print publications and since we're so close to colorado springs we do have some colorado springs television news radio and there are big daily newspapers that do cover a lot of the news up here, but it's going to be a bigger of a deal for the rural municipalities that are smaller than Woodland Park. You know, and I, I use Lamar, La Junta, that kind of the lower Arkansas Valley, southeastern part of the state as an example, but there's a lot of small towns. That's the only way they really can read stuff that's get, getting reported in their small community. 
is buy the local newspapers. A lot of them are mailers, so not getting that newspaper in the mail every week is going to be a change for a lot of people. I hate to see any kind of publications go away, but uh, well, you know, hopefully uh, something's going to happen that's going to be positive and we won't lose all those publications, but... Uh well, moving on to something that's a little bit more positive. It's a big weekend up here in the area, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's actually a big week. Um, Monday, race week started for the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. And there's actually something going on every single day. I'm not going to list all the stuff that's going on all week, but Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. It starts on Sunday, but Saturday, Lonnie Unzer, one of the kind of the ones that's left of the famous Unzer racing family, is going to be at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Colorado Springs, just on 26th Street in Summerall on the west side between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. sign autographs do a little fan meet and greet Saturday morning. So She raced last year, didn't she? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. I think that was her first time for the 100s running. But we still have our local favorites and that's the Vashel's family with uh, Clint and Cody. They're going to be running their cars. So uh, if you have tickets, you're a lucky one. If you don't, then you can always watch it online. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be cheering for our hometown guys for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think they are the only two from Woodland Park this year. The green flag flies at 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah, maybe I'll catch some baseball tournament action on Saturday, and then for sure I'll be glued to that TV come Sunday morning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the race is sold out, but you can, anybody can watch it live stream on the Mobile One YouTube page. And then KRDO does great coverage on it. They have people all over the mountains, so if you're into just listening to the radio, if you gotta go do something out in the yard, you can't sit there and watch it. 12.40 a.m. KRDO They've got a FM station too. And you can just go on caradio.com and listen to it. But they get probably the best coverage as far as radio goes. It looks like the weather's going to be pretty good on Sunday. So maybe we can get away from the mountain gremlins this year and have a have a great race. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, Trevor. Well, I appreciate you coming in as always. In the meantime, if I don't see you at a vintage baseball game, I'll catch up to you very soon. Maybe at another Vibes game. Who knows? All right. That sounds good. All right, Trevor. You have an excellent day. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Okay. Bye now. That was our field producer, Trevor Phipps. And when we come back, it's the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report, followed by News of the Weird, and find out who makes the journey onto the bear pile this week. Don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being. the Bear Cave. I'm your host, Dennis Zerl, and right now it's time for the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with the Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell. Kay, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I saw you bumping around yesterday and that uh, looked like you were wearing stage black yesterday. I was like, wow, that's got to be a little toasty. Yeah, I I didn't make the best choices yesterday. It was a long day <laughs> with doing a bunch of stuff in the morning, but... Yeah well, <laughs> yeah, well, when you get to work at like, I don't know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning like you do, it's like, uh, yeah, it's probably like 40-something degrees by the time you get to the park, right? Yeah, it was cold when I got up. Uh, we had Fox News out all day yesterday, so that was a pretty cool little thing we got to do, and I had to be on TV all day, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right for the game time. <laughs> well, if you need an agent, you know, I know a good one, so. Hey, at the rate this is going, I might soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, Diego needs one already. I know that. 
Oh, yeah, he sure does. But, uh, wow, quite a day yesterday. There were uh, a bunch of Cubs running around that stadium all excited and looking good, wearing matching colors and cheering their hearts out. Yeah, Sunday was a huge success. It was also just really, really fun to have all the kids out because that's it is. It's the most energetic day in the ballpark. SpongeBob is playing. Baby Shark is blaring. Like, it is loud. <laughs> yeah, Baby Shark, that's the yeah, that's the big one. I saw a lot of uh, shark fins and hands coming together yesterday. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, the kids have the great greatest time. <laughs> but I'm kind of feeling like a bridesmaid right now. I'm so close to the altar, but I'm not quite there, you know, and it's just, uh, it's got to be a little bit frustrating for the boys right now. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going through it. We had a long road trip and coming back from that, that we're making some changes and it's slowly starting to turn around. So let's just hope they keep turning it around and stay hungry. You can't lose faith in your home team. You just got to keep going in there and, and you just got to keep playing. That's all you can do, right? Yeah, there's nothing else you can do, but keep going out there and doing your best. Well, that's that's what we're doing. We're coming to as many games as we possibly can because uh, the worm's going to turn, as they say, at some point. But in the meantime, well, what do we got going on this week? And uh, coming up, they're going to be on, oh my gosh, they're going to be on the road again, aren't they, after this short homestand? Yeah, so we, we play tomorrow night, and then we're gone for the weekend, and then we're back for the weekday, and then gone for the weekend, and then it's, before we know it, the week of 4th of July, and that's just going to be a crazy time. Yeah, let's talk about 4th of July a little bit because, uh, man, we got fireworks on the 3rd and the 4th. Is that right? Yeah, so we're doing our two biggest fireworks shows on the 3rd and 4th. They're going to be absolutely crazy. The biggest that Colorado Springs has ever seen, so I'm really, really excited for it. Also, fireworks are just my favorite. But yeah, it's going to be a huge night. Uh, the sales are going crazy on it, so if you haven't gotten tickets yet, I definitely recommend getting them sooner rather than later. I was kind of surprised that the uh, team was wearing their, their Sunday jerseys yesterday, I guess, right? Yeah, they wanted to try something different and see how that went, so we, we let them play with it. Sometimes we let them do fun things. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> Like I say, sometimes you're the bug, sometimes you're the windshield, but uh, nonetheless, it's baseball, it's sports. Anything can happen on any given day. They're out there trying, they're putting on a good show, and then at least on the, the concourse side of things, everything's pretty fun and bopping, and there's a lot to do, and even if you're not paying attention to the game. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, I've noticed uh, the games I've been to. Everybody's happy, there's a lot of smiles on the faces, and uh, if you're trying to buy a beer, man, you better get there early because those lines are pretty long. Yeah, I mean, it's been, we've got a lot of demand at the ballpark. It's really exciting to see kind of that transformation going through this season. You know, the one thing I've noticed, maybe it's just because I haven't been to a lot of games, but I noticed the events that you guys are putting on this year are, they seem like a lot bigger than they were last year, that's for sure. I mean, you got dinosaurs floating around, you got Discovery, you got STEM Day, all kinds of stuff. After 4th of July, what else can we look forward to the rest of the summer? Oh, there's so much. So we're, we're kind of helping kick off Pikes Peak or Bust and Rodeo in the Springs um, as a whole, just with uh, that July 8th game being our rodeo in the Rockies night. We have the PRCA, the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame, the Women's Rodeo, Triple J Rodeo, all of them coming in to make that night really big and grand. So that'll be huge. Everyone's favorite Christmas in July comes up. And then August is just every single week is a different theme because we have weekend games every single week. And in between that, you guys have uh, events going at the ball field too that I've noticed. Yeah, yep. we had Tech 9 last weekend. I think there's a 5K going on this weekend um, in support of a do- local dog rescue. There's always something here. Well, the other thing that's going on this week, too, is the uh, Pikes Peak International Hill Climb that's happening. So, Yeah, that's this weekend, too. Colorado Springs is always busy. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Well, like I say to the fans, keep your chin up. Things are going to change. They always do. And uh, keep coming out to the ballpark and watching the Vibes play. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I know Woodland Park Night comes up in, I think, the end of July, too. So we'll hopefully see a lot of you guys out there. It is. And word has it that uh, Woodland Park has a little surprise for you as well. Oh, yeah. It's been fun to get to work with all of you guys out there. So I'm excited. Yeah, there's some good people up here. And, uh, you know, we're getting some more Taylor County people interested in Vibes games. And uh, like I say, I'm still waiting for that transportation thing to, to come around so we can load that van or that bus or whatever we have. Yeah, that's the last piece. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's always the tough one, too. But, uh, yeah, we can load that van up and get some fans to come down to the game because I guarantee you, you are going to have a good time. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what we're about. All right, Kay. Well, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to uh, talk to us a little bit. And uh, we're going to see you very soon, hopefully uh, sometime this week, before the boys hit the road again. It kind of seems like they've been on the road forever this season. I know. That's because we really did. We intentionally did with the weather in Colorado, wanted to kind of jam-pack 
the second half of the season. So they're here a lot more towards the second half. So yeah, good thinking. And uh, last thing, just tell Tyre to get out that rally shirt again. He needs to start uh, wearing that pink to. every game. <laughs> Actually, uh, most of the staff has their pink polos on today, so let's hope it does something good for us. Yeah, get those things on and don't take them off. Well, of course, you may have to. Maybe you have to shower with them on. Who knows? Right. I mean, at this point, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. All right, Kay. Nice chatting with you as always. You're doing a great job. We sure appreciate the hard work that uh, you and your team have accomplished this season. Yeah, thanks. We love working with you and having your support. All right, Kay. We will talk to you very soon. You have an excellent day. Thanks. You as well. Bye-bye now. That was the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with our friend Kay Goodell. But right now, it's time for that segment you all love, which we call News of the Weird. This week, the headline reads, well, it's another one, least competent criminal. I think we've had, uh, I don't know, four or five least competent criminals in this last year. Anyway, a phone repair store in Miami, Florida, was the target of a robbery in the early hours of June 3rd. The suspect, 33-year-old Claude Vincent Griffin, employed a brilliant disguise. He wore an ill-fitting cardboard box over his head as he smashed the glass countertop and reached into the glass, grabbing 19 phones and $8,000 in cash. Well, I guess that's thinking. Now, naturally, it's hard to see through a cardboard box, so Griffin at one point removed the box and revealed himself to the surveillance camera. Well, not so smart there, Danny boy. <laughs> the store's owner, Jeremiah Berganza, did some sleuthing around the area after the robber left the store and found him at a nearby liquor store drinking with friends. Huh, shocking. It was an easy find because, according to his friends, Claude Vincent Griffin is a mooch and has never paid for anything in his life. <laughs> Griffin was charged with grand theft burglary, cocaine possession, and resisting an officer. <laughs> I'm not sure if he committed the robbery before or after the cocaine, but one thing I am sure of is that Claude is a candidate for the bear pile. Each week we nominate a person, place, and or thing who should be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nomination, the person, place, and or thing to be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... The prophet himself, and no, once again, it wasn't King Andy. It was Daniel Robert Dinkins for throwing a brick through his neighbor's window, allegedly, then claiming he was a time traveler. Remember that guy? Yeah, this one was just too good to pass up. Well, Danny boy, I think your time traveling days might be over for a while, but then you would have known that had you traveled to the right time zone. Oh, boy. The nominations this week for the honor of nosediving onto the bear pile are... Number one, the U.S. Department of Justice for wasting five years and plenty of news time with a groundbreaking investigation only for it to end with the DOJ simply breaking wind. Yeah, nice going. Just goes to show you that the law is not equally applied to rich crackheads who don't pay taxes and purchase guns illegally. Well, I guess we all can't be that way, can we? Hey, by the way, where's the woke's outrage on this gun violation? Yeah crickets. Number two, the American Medical Association for dropping the Hippocratic Oath in favor of woke politics and cancel culture. So now we can't trust our doctors to tell the truth to their patients. So no more, hey Bobby, put down that case of Diet Coke and french fries because you're fat. Yeah, time to get on that treadmill and maybe mix in some fruits and veggies into your diet. Yep, those days are gone. And number three, Miami Mooch himself, Claude Vincent Griffin, for turning in his ski mask disguise for a cardboard box to commit a robbery. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to go with this one. I mean, there is dumb and then there's just plain stupid. You know, kind of like the whole XX and XY chromosome thing. Yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't act like you don't. Well, that's another show in the can for me this week. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, Rocky Mountain Vibes Baseball, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guest today, Kim Lodick. Always great catching up to you and introducing us to a new friend, John Zaleski. Welcome to the Bear Cave. And from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell. 
Thanks, of course, to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us a very interesting story time this week, and our field producer, Trevor Phipps, for bringing us the big news. If you have an event coming up or you want to be a sponsor of the show, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. And as always, you can send your hate mail to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can access the show on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify, Podbean, RadioPublic.com, and iHeartRadio. Our celebrity, not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be anyone, and I mean anyone from the AMA who can explain to us exactly why the body mass index is racist. Yeah, I'm still clueless on that one. You know, and here we thought that only highways and trees planted in certain neighborhoods were racist. Boy, were we wrong. You know, it's no wonder the aliens make that right-hand turn when they get to our solar system. The former president of the United States, the Donald himself, was supposed to come onto the Bear Cave hotline, but we're told that the deal is off because we didn't have cheeseburgers and classified information that we could share with him. Well, had we known, we could have made something up. Seems like that works quite well for the rest of the United States lately. Until next week, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity.